Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, y'all, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an awesome episode for you with painter Audrey Stone. Um, Audrey's based in Brooklyn, New York, and she makes these incredibly beautiful color field paintings that are incredibly luminous, incredible color harmonies, but they're also done with like very, very specific small steps of bands of color, which make them so like mind-blowing in terms of the level of patience and execution that goes into the creation of these pieces. And that's kind of where our conversation started was sort of like how she goes about cultivating this type of mindset to work with such a distinct process of doing these slow bands of color, slowly shifting those colors um, across the canvas. She kind of referred to them as like walking them across the canvas in certain ways. So we talked a lot about like that process, but we also talked about sort of where her imagery might come from. We talked about the importance of art and how it can play a role of uplifting our spirits, how it can be sort of a guiding light for us in terms of instilling more hope and positivity, how it can also be sort of a field of meditative inquiry and how her works can kind of act in that sort of way for people. Um, and so we, our conversation went to a lot of really interesting places related to not only art making, but also the role of potentially art could have in our culture, especially in relation to technology. We talked a little about AI and the influence of technology in our lives and how art and the human touch can be a great counterbalance um, to this sort of modern world that we're in. So I think y'all are going to really enjoy the conversation a lot. And so here you go, Audrey Stone. All right, Audrey, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you, Martin. Thanks for inviting me. It's nice to meet you here. Yeah, so nice to meet you. And I'm so grateful that you're joining me here. Like I was kind of talking to you um, before we hit the record button, like as soon as I came across your work some years ago, I was immediately just drawn into them, not only for like the beauty of light and color, the luminous qualities you do, but also really appreciating sort of the very slow sort of process that it seems that it takes to paint the way that you paint, breaking apart these gradients of color into their subsequent like layers and sort of steps of of shift in value or shift in sort of color themselves. It seems like very meditative. It takes like a very sort of patient and devoted type of personality to be able to paint in this way. And I'm really curious sort of how you began painting in this way and why, because I, I, again, I feel like it's, it takes a lot of effort and time and patience, which some people just aren't able to conjure, but it seems like you can do it so flawlessly and beautifully. So that's sort of where I'm more, really interested to begin our dialogue is sort of how you've got into painting in this way and sort of what you feel like it does for you. I appreciate what I feel is your deep looking at the work. So uh, thank you for that. I have been told I'm patient, so I must be so patient when people look at my work sometimes. Um, so I don't know if I am. I often feel very impatient, but um, I think the development, uh, I could say the development of the gradients, um, I, and when I went straight to painting, because I've been doing mixed media, it was always um, kind of uh, adding of color, adding of color. And at first the colors, kind of butted up against each other and I was painting right out of the jar mm -hmm. um, like this blue against that blue against this red against that gold and then I started mixing color now I'm a mixologist you know like I <laughs> just mix 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 and um it's uh it's really I I my process is really uh, often about going from one um I don't know if I want to say a pure color or one uh, height of one color to gradating into the next height until it feels satisfying. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like um, it is. It's a lot about measurement, the process, and in terms of the the bands of color, the actual measurement as well as the amount of paint that goes into the next paint, and um, and making the colors feel right too. Sometimes there's mistakes and I let the mistakes happen and that might change the course of the painting mm -hmm. a bit. It's 
often subtle because the work is pretty subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the mistakes because I feel like it shows the handmadeness of the work. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, I mean, so I guess another question I have. So you're you're doing it all by hand. Are you using any tape? Are you masking yeah. at all? I'm a tape are- mm-hmm. to create those edges, the boundaries, yeah. one to the other. And I, I think of the, the, the I, it's the work usually starts from either the center out or from one edge to the other, from the top to the bottom or mm-hmm. the right to the left. Um, there's often symmetry in the work, um, but it's kind of like, I feel like it's a process, like a movement across the canvas, like as if you were taking a walk, mm-hmm. as if taking a walk, you know, so I'm taking a walk with the color across the canvas. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, I mean, it's so funny how you say, like, everyone tells me I'm patient. I must be patient, but I don't feel that way. And uh, I can totally relate to that. But I feel like maybe that's part of, in some unconscious way, why you paint this way, because it is cultivating uh, patience, even it maybe something you're aware of that, like, you want to work on maybe intuitively. And so this painting is forcing you by your process to slow down and not get so caught up in a result, but really be invested in process and showing up and being able to like really meet the work where it is and take it where it needs to go for that particular day. You know, some artists, when they show up, they get so much done in one day in the studio, but I'd imagine for you, there might be some days where it feels like you barely got any done, even though you've been painting for hours, just because of how many steps you do. One thing I'm curious about, because as I look through like your body of work, I love how you sort of vary the the measurement of the bands themselves, how sometimes they're very, very close together and very, very subtle, but sometimes they're like a little bigger jumps in shifts in color, almost creating a rhythm to the way that the color is moving across the canvas. Do you think, and it makes me think sometimes of, of musical harmonies or like, I, I feel like there's a relationship to like, sound experience through my visual perception when I look at them is this something you think about as an artist in terms of like illustrating some sort of like tonal vibratory quality like sound has through color I wish I could say yes (laughs) Uh, I mean I do listen to music in my studio I think of it more as a visual language and a visual rhythm because I'm dealing with color and I, to me, color is its own unique language that I feel mm-hmm. is like an emotional feeling language. So for me, in terms of those bands and whether things are really dense and tight or more expansive has to do with just creating a visual vibration, like a yeah. visual sense, because um, when I'm working with gradient, I can really sense the color in a physical way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Vibration that happens within the paintings and it depends on where you are in relation to them. So that's what I'm after. I think it does relate to music because um, people like recently, someone's like, I wonder what you listen to when you're painting. They thought I must be really into Steve Reich, but I, that's how you say that. I, I need lyrics. I'm a lyric mm-hmm. kind of listener. Cool. Um, but I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but I I think of it as musical, but that's an interesting, there might be something in there more subconscious than there is, but I think of it more visually. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely totally think about it visually, but sometimes like when I think about the reality of like what a light wave is, you know, in terms of how we see color, it's a wavelength of a specific frequency and like sound is a wavelength of a specific frequency. So there is this kind of relationship between the two, even though they like have a different effect or a different sort of outcome in our perceptual field of experience. But I do see that there, but I just feel like there is this quality of, of harmony of like the, the way that the light kind of like really comes out of the work. It's very like, I don't know, it almost like penetrates my consciousness and like opens me in like a really beautiful way. I feel like there are these color fields of like meditative experience that you can have enjoying them and looking at them. They can be sort of almost like these mirrors in which we can meditate into to kind of self-reflect. When you're working on them, I'd imagine it's probably every day is different because our energy and our mind is different. 
what's, you know, some days it's probably feels very meditative and very Zen. Some days it probably doesn't, but is this something that you strive for through painting to like cultivate a certain state of mind? Or is that something that's sort of secondary? I think it, I don't think it's so conscious for me, but I, I definitely um, want there to be a sort of uplift a lot in the paintings. Um, a lot of the paintings, I think, you know, there's, there's, there is kind of an expansive feeling to them, or, mm -hmm. a, a contracting and a contracting and expanding kind of thing that happens within it. Yeah. Um, and that is breath, I guess. That is kind of a depiction of breath in that sense. Not that I'm doing that consciously, but, um, and I think, Sean, I'm just looking at a painting in the corner of my eye, you know, <laughs> kind of thinking about like the expanse, you know, um, and that's, you know, the color, but I'm really mostly focusing on when I'm working in my head, I'm focusing on the color mm -hmm. and on my visual experience with the color, how I want the color to feel is the yeah. color, you know, the dark, like, and I do it very basically through color theory stuff, like a total, like mm -hmm. just whatever I know it's, I feel like colors kind of like what I know about color, um, how color feels to me, um, what this color is going to feel next to that color, the combination of those colors, and how do I want the movement of, of those colors to proceed? You know, mm -hmm. I do. I mean, I do studies for most of the paintings, not all of them. I mean, so I have a sketchbook that is like linear drawings of paint, mm -hmm. and then sometimes they go to little paintings on paper for each one, but oh, not cool. all. Sometimes they go right to the camera. You just go right into it, huh? Yeah, which, you know, you know, you, you know, you never know. And also the studies are often extreme, like totally different than the paintings. Really? Like, yeah. Cause I might Is that where you're that. like working out like color combinations, like thinking about how colors are, are, are mixing together or like, is that sort of what you're playing around with in your sketches? Yeah. I'm mixing, uh, thinking about colors, the general composition. So I might choose like, you know, a dark blue and a green and a, light blue and then I realized well I'll switch up that green and see what happens in the, <laughs> in the big painting and it turns into something totally different wow. you know yeah so, color is so fascinating yeah. I see like um for me I feel like it's always can be so surprising there's so many variations and nuances that you can create with color especially when you're mixing so skillfully and thoughtfully the way you do um because like just subtly shifting even through pigment choices or the way that you use like complementary colors against each other, or the way that you, or, or the way that you mix like tints, like going toward white, like you start to find some like really interesting in between colors between like their height of saturation into whatever sort of value you're moving into or whatever tonal shift you're moving into. And to me, like as a painter myself, like the mixing in the palette is always for me so exciting and interesting and playful but can also like have this edge of frustration if I have this color in mind and I just can't seem to figure it out. And you're working mostly in acrylic, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All water-based. All water-based. Is there, what's your reason for that? Um, I just, uh, you know, I didn't pay, I was an oil painter in undergraduate school. And then uh, after undergrad, I, I eased out of oil painting and switched to acrylic purely for the expense I believe at the time mm -hmm. and kind of being floundering in what I was doing and then I um and I didn't paint for a long time I actually did mixed media oh, I did cool. all sorts of sculpture and different things and then I got back into you know we all have long direct I have a long trajectory of what I did and where I've been but uh you know having kids and then what did that that did to my process and how much time I had to devote to it different mm -hmm. outside work and stuff like that but I then um when I went back to painting it was through um, actually flash because flash has such an amazing um color range yeah uh, but then um I've more 
kind of moved on to acrylics, a variety of acrylics. So I still use a little bit of flash, but not as much. Yeah. Well, acrylic these days is just so good. I mean, there's just gotten so much better acrylic paint. And then also, I think I would imagine for the way that you're layering, if you were working in oils with the masking and the amount of layers, you would just talk about taking forever. <laughs> it would take a really long time, especially if you want to maintain the integrity of those edges, even as subtle as they can be. But I feel like you have such a keen like sensitivity to color and to like these subtle, subtle shifts that you can do. So like um, on some of them, when like they're really, really tight and you can barely, it almost looks like it's a smooth gradient. And then as you look closer, it, it blows my mind, like how little shifts there are, like how you're able to be so patient in the mixture of the color. And there is to me this emotional quality always to color. I feel like you can never really separate color from emotional experience on some way. And I, I've noticed on your website about one of your um, past solo shows, uh, I think it was by fire or is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, and how you were talking a lot about like real emotional, raw experiences in your life and how those were sort of woven into the intentionality of the paintings in a certain way. And I found, I found it to be so beautiful the way that you referenced Leonard Cohen talking about music, right? Yeah. Leonard Cohen's work and how like you're sort of using your art as a way of processing emotional life lived experiences. Has this something that like just in that body of work that you were like really trying to tap into, or is that something you're always kind of thinking about how like your day-to-day -day life and the experiences you have being Audrey in this world on this planet at this time, like coming into and informing the work in such a interesting way, because on the surface, they feel very, they could be very formal and more about like perception and phenomenology and color theory, which they are, but I feel like I can just tell through the screen that there's more going on there, almost in relationship, I think of like Mark Rothko and the color field paintings and his experience with emotion and how to express emotion through those paintings. And so I was wondering if we can maybe talk a little bit about that, because I find that to be a really important and interesting translation with an, as an abstract painter to like bring in concrete life experiences into an abstract field of imagery. Yeah, it feels a little loaded, but like yeah. definitely I feel I do the by fire series, you know, and most of my work does come through the personal. Mm -hmm. um, the personal is painting, I guess, you know, but like <laughs> I, you know, sometimes they're more just formal abstractions that are ideas, visions that I want to see. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's a, a deeper kind of personal story that can drive a whole series, although you as a viewer would not know the backstory. Yeah. And I think of that as a way, it's a way for me to think about the color in relation to what I'm doing. If I'm thinking about it in relation to experience. And it's also kind of ties into the micro macro thing, because even though like say the by fire series came from a very intense period of loss for me mm. personally and my family, it was really like we all go through these losses. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me. It's not about my loss. It's about loss and mm -hmm. and whatever and um so it's kind of like I think of it more in that way like not that the paintings you know Martin you should look at my painting and know what this is about in that case. yeah exactly a yeah. diary you know <laughs> or like you know embedding a little um emotional something into the work yeah besides the formal yeah, because you're tapping into like, because I feel like the way that you paint, you're tapping into like a universal language that anybody can experience, you know, and, and but you're also tapping into universal experience of life, which is loss, right? And, and the this is something that we can't escape from on this planet. It's, it's encoded in the experience. It's, it's pretty much a guarantee for all of us. And so you're speaking to this kind of universal experience through the lens of your own personal, you know, subjective um, story of that. 
But I find that I found that to be really beautiful and really amazing to think about, like how even a work that is has an abstract formal appearance, there is more involved, even if you're never really going to know the story. But I feel like you can feel that energy because you can feel it through, again, the devotion and the patience and this sort of dedication you have to the, your process. Um, you can feel that there's just because otherwise, like to do the work like you do, if you don't have something else probably driving it underneath, it could probably get boring or it can get really frustrating quickly. But when you have sort of something you're emoting through your process, I feel like that can help you stay the course in times of, of great frustration. But I find I found that just to be a really surprising and beautiful component to that particular body of work. And it really informs in some ways, the way I look at all the work you do, and to remember that this isn't a machine making this, this isn't some computer algorithm creating these grades, this is a human being spending time mixing paint, laying the tape down, crafting whatever the form ultimately will be that it takes, and putting in the time to execute it, like there's just so much more involved in it. And I think to me, that's the saving grace in a lot of ways of art in times of great technology is is that a human being is making it and putting that time in because we do live in a very interesting situation with the emergence of AI technology and computer generated art. It's a conversation a lot of artists are having, like, yes. are these just tools? Like, are these going to take our place? Like, are they going to become better than what we can do? And I personally feel like they never will because the human touch is something so powerful and impactful that like you can't replicate it through a computer necessarily in terms of the actual physical tactile touch of the hand to a brush, to the paint, to a surface, what have you. How do you feel about like that component of, of art emerging? I saw you kind of like roll and lift your eyebrows a little bit. Like I feel the same way, but I'm curious, like what's your perspective on maybe some of that? Because we can see a lot of um, the type of imagery you make, like we could see that AI could generate that. But to me, that's not the point. Well, yeah, it's definitely not the point for me either. And I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about AI to really speak mm -hmm. in depth about it. But for me, there's always an element, a human element to making art. And so to me, that's what makes it interesting. For me, that's what I, I want there to be a human touch to my work. And um, sometimes through, uh, you know, the screen, people see my work through the screen, they don't they can't really oh oh gosh sorry oh you're okay um, yeah no a call was coming in so yeah, yeah no problem so um sometimes through the screen i feel like people don't they can't really see the work um mm -hmm. and they think it's digital or they think um you know they they don't get quite the the tactile the tactile nature of the work and i think that's a it's important for us to experience as living beings i mean i'm just imagining you know you go back to the caves and those cave paintings and and putting a hand on the wall and saying you know i was here i mean mm -hmm. this is for all of our own way of saying we're here and yeah. um you know this is this is what it's like to be here right now yeah for, for each of us individually so i th i think that's why people want to seek out art is to have that experience and, yeah uh, Unfortunately, I mean, like, it's a different generational thing. I mean, AI, computers and all of that. Um, I mean, I see the way my kids are growing up with social media compared to growing up without it. Mm. And it's really, really different. And I yeah. don't think it's so healthy for the most part. I know. Um, but it's what it is. I don't have control over that. So, yeah. um, but uh, so AI, AI will have its own AI art. I yep. guess, right? Yeah. Uh, never can replace the human uh, art. Yeah. I don't think so either. And I think that um, almost I feel like as we emerge more deeply into this technological future that we're crafting currently and living within, like that we're going to need more and more of the human touch to balance that out because it can be so sterile and so like seemingly like apathetic in a way. And I feel like that we're going to need more and more of, of, of the human touch and to bring back the material tactile sort of physical sensation of life 
into our experience because when we're sucked into the screens, into the scroll, into the social media verse of false perceptions, um, we are going to get incredibly lost from what it is we're actually doing here in a way. And I think that ultimately it's about building bridges and connections and communication, which the internet can do, but we're seeing sort of the immaturity of the internet age right now. Like, I feel like we're still trying to figure out how to integrate this technology into our life. And I, and this is the idealistic mindset that I might have, but I feel like art is the ultimate, like, counterbalance to all these things like and so i think more and more people are interested in those experiences of going to galleries and museums and i think i i hope and i feel like i'm seeing more and more people growing interest in that because it does counteract the sort of impatient you know instant gratification mindset that the internet sort of cultivates because when you go to a gallery or go to a museum you have to slow the hell down yeah. And you got to really be present in your body and you got to really use your faculties of your senses to be aware of what's being presented in front of you. And I think that is such a beautiful experience for people to have in this fast paced world. And so I hope we see more of that. But I think what's so cool about your work is that people think that they're generated by like some computer, but they're actually made by hand. That is like an amazing, that I, I would hope anyone who thinks that, that that's like an amazing, like, wow moment for them. Like, holy crap. Like this is not done by computer, but is done by a, a human being with incredible sensitivity and patience and love toward what they're doing. Um, and so I want to see more and more of that, but I, I'm curious, another component to your work is the actual forms that the gradients and the light and the luminosity take. Sometimes you're working in more of like these square formats of descending color, like either descending into space or like ascending, like coming toward, or, you know what I mean? Like this depth moving in and out kind mm -hmm. of expansion contraction. Um, but sometimes you play with curves and sometimes you play with even like these diagonals where you cut the gradient off and it's kind of a flat field within it. So it's like this really like kind of formal play with the uh, image itself. And I'm curious where like your inspiration comes for the actual, let's say, structure that this process gets contained within. I don't even know. <laughs> 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 no, I think, you know, I don't know about you, but like I get like, um, I get like flashes of images of, of compositions. Mm -hmm. Like that's how my ideas, they come in a little flash. And then if I'm on a roll with a body of work, it'll be like, oh, and then I could do it this way. And I could mm -hmm. do it that way. Wait, what if it came in like this? What if it came mm -hmm. in like that? So that's a lot of the way, like they just come as, you know, like little idea bursts. Yeah. And, um, when I'm working on like a group or a series, you know, it, it's just kind of a way of creating like story within story within story, I guess, and um, changing up, you know, challenging myself too, mm -hmm. to do something a little different, you know? Yeah. So I don't want to always have straight lines. It's good to have right. straight I don't always want to have curvy lines. Good to have straight lines. You know, yeah. I want to be vertical. Sometimes I want to be horizontal. <laughs> I want to angle. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So um, kind of playing with those approaches, but maybe initially like the first, it's almost like the seed for a bunch of paintings comes from like a flash of insight or like you might even call it like a vision that you have. Like, or sometimes I, I refer to it as like a download. It's like, I just downloaded something from the universe and it just flashed through like my consciousness. And yes. I, and now, and now my job is to harness it, grab it and and manifest it. Like I, I personally know, know what you mean, like a flash of an image. Like, I feel like that happens for me too. Sometimes it's like a dream or like when I'm in meditative states, like I get those kind of like downloads or like just these like simple snippets of a vision. And then I have to do the work of pulling them out. And then once you pull that initial seed out, then also it's like the variations of how you can play with that. Right. Um, so your willingness to play with that, I think is, is so important to keep things fresh for you so that you're always trying to kind of like find a new um, component to this language that you're developing. Cause ultimately you're developing this very personal language and painting. And then the language is just evolving. The more that you speak it, the more that you paint it, the more that you use it. Um, but I look at some of the geometries that you're using, even though they're sort of 
simple and subtle, but like you are playing with geometry. Are you at all interested in sort of like sacred geometry, like thinking about like the golden mean, Fibonacci, fractal geometry, thinking about like uh, even like I think of like various sort of uh, mandalas or like imagery geometries used in and uh, spiritual imagery. I think of uh, Kabbalah and like Jewish mysticism and like the tree of life and some of the geometries in there. Has that ever been an influence for you or is that anything you're interested in? I can't say that I have been, honestly. Like I love the idea. I want to look, learn more about those things. I mean, mm -hmm. Fibonacci certainly is something I'm super aware of. And I was really aware of it with um, a body of work I did on paper with mm -hmm. uh, stone drawings, which used uh, thread and pencil and ink. Um, cool. Um, had a lot to do with counting. And I guess it, Fibonacci kind of made me aware of proportions in a different way in terms of spacing mm -hmm. my bands of color and stuff like that. I haven't really studied the sacred geometries, um, which maybe it would be cool to look into. Um, yeah. But I, I, I kind of feel like there is like, I don't even know how to say this, like a natural mathematics or something like mm -hmm. that just come through, just count. I mean, I'm, it's so basic for me counting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like pacing and counting one, two, three, four, five, one, two, mm. three, five. Or yeah. You've ever been a lap swimmer, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I used to be a lap swimmer, but I never was a counter. I was more just like into this, into the stroke in this way. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, you're kind of playing with like intuitive geometries. Like we all understand basic polygons or like how we can play with various patterns and number in terms of descending or ascending order or how we repeat things. I was just curious because I do see some of that in there intuitively, but mm -hmm. I, I can also tell that it's maybe not like conscious or, or, or intentional necessarily, but like it's just through your just uh, sort of natural mathematics as you said like kind of they just kind of come through in that way but yeah. i find that to be a natural place for you to for you to like end up exploring too because of the way that you're doing the paintings themselves and the way you're interested in these forms and sort of how that they evolve not only through light and value or color um but also through shape themselves the way that they're sort of containing the light in certain forms but i think it's just something interesting that maybe um something you could explore too because i could find that to be maybe very fascinating for you if it's yeah. something you're already kind of innately interested in but yeah. i find personally like when i study these things that it's just there's such a vast history of exploration and and sort of how mathematics can speak to like let's say a spiritual creative principle underneath the surface of life um because i feel like the world we live in with this like you know consumerist materialist paradigm that we're in can can really fall into this space of of nihilism of like a lack of meaning and purpose and i feel like for me when i see art that is sort of leaning in that direction i find it to be like a missed opportunity because i feel for me personally and this is just my personal viewpoint that art the ultimate aim of art in a pure sense is to sort of reconnect us or link us back to the innate mystery of life and to be in a state of awe and wonder and curiosity toward life again, as opposed to like banal meaninglessness that can sort of arrive in our culture much more easily than maybe it had in the past. Do you feel that way too, in terms of like, let's say like, the mission of art or like, let's say the potential of what art can be. Um, do you see this sort of tension that can happen within, let's say, quote unquote, the art world between like art that is trying to speak toward maybe these mystical, magical, spiritual spaces versus art that's kind of more speaking toward the market and toward uh, consumer commercialism and sort of maybe a sense of nihilism within it? Because I can see these competing things happening sometimes within art. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, I'm confused a little by the question, honestly, but I, I guess yeah, I, yeah. um, I don't really, I, I don't really think about it. I just try and 
get drawn in by what I'm interested in personally. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just, I was ruminating on the mathematics thing and just thinking about it more. I think I'm just much, so much an intuitive type. Yeah. And, um, um, thinking about, you think about like galaxy and stuff like that and how we're like so tiny and how we kind of rotate out again is going back to the Fibonacci and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's um, I'm thinking about that, but I, I, you know, I think we all are drawn to certain kinds of things, you know, um, it has for meaning, hopefully, you know, yeah. the value of art uh, for the individual, like some people invest, say people who purchase art, they invest because they want to have a, uh, an investment, you know, they mm -hmm. want to be sure that this is going to be something that they will have a return on, so to speak. Yeah. You, know? mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, I don't think people really know when that's going to happen. I, I feel like be, living with art, I'd love to live with art. I have a lot of art in my house, um, not just mine. And um, I, I always think it's just something that draws one to, to something that you, you relate to it in one way. And it could be, a figurative thing it could be a color it could be just a sense or a sensitivity within a piece of work you know mm -hmm. um, so i i always just um that's how i go about it myself yeah just like to to find the nuggets that i'm really interested in mm -hmm. and like when i talk to people who don't know much about art but want to be more involved i just always encourage them to look for the so what spurs a little passion in them? What spurs a little spark? What, yeah. like, don't think about the rest, like that, that other thing. Then maybe you'll be surprised down the road and that $5 painting will turn into a $5,000 painting, but, you know, <laughs> um, or maybe not, or maybe yeah. it's just one will enjoy. I mean, as consumers, you yeah. enjoy it the way, you know, you, en you enjoy, you know, the, the telephone that you've used for five years, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so that, uh, yeah, it's, that's complicated. That's, really it is complicated. It is a complicated question. And so it is something I do think about because when you look at like sort of how art has kind of been, I don't want to say hijacked, but really taken over in terms of by financial interests in a lot of ways. And sometimes it can not, destroy sort of the purity or essence of what art making is but at times it, it kind of can and I see that like for example like sometimes it can be so hyper intellectual and so hyper academic that it kind of shuts people out it almost feels like it's a um it almost feels like you're in the end or you're the out club you know what I mean and uh and I can get, I mean, I'm, I'm a nerd about art. Like I'm obsessed. I love to read and learn and I love art history. I love exploring things like this, but I also have lots of friends and family who aren't as into art as I am. And when I go to art museums or certain galleries or shows, I get a lot of backlash from some of them about like some of the work that we sometimes can see in those spaces. Um, and so I'm just curious about like what art can do like in terms of like culture, how it can push conversations forward, how it can grow and expand the consciousness of a culture. And I think we're living in a time where we need, we need some sort of wisdom to guide us more than ever. I feel like we are flailing in this sort of polarization and this sort of sense of hatred between one side and another. And, and I, I just, I hope that art maybe in some way can be a guiding light or a principle or some sort of way of which to bring people together and to reconnect people to something deeper within them. And, um, and I find that like, it's not going to be one artist or one work of art, but it's sort of a collective movement in art. And, and I see that what's happening with work, like what you're doing, that's feels to me when I look at them, they feel very spiritual. They feel very meditative. They feel very like, connected in a deeper sense of like the human spirit. Um, and when I see them, they're uplifting and inspiring and engaging. Um, and they're also inviting me for deeper contemplation. And I find work like that to serve like a really powerful purpose for individuals in their home or in public spaces, because they're offering an opportunity for people to slow down and to maybe turn inward a little bit 
through the experience of the painting. I don't know if you have that experience either, or if you have like um, thought about that for your work or other artists that you're really uh, drawn to or whatnot. But I just find that we um, we need to find meaning more back into our world. And I think art can be a way of, of helping us uh, do that. Because I think art is really wonderful with storytelling. I think we need in a way to like, create a new story for humanity because the storylines that we have right now are, are not really helpful. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate what you're saying and I, I do, I hope more people go to see, see art and absorb it and get what can be gotten there. And as for myself as an artist, I, I can just say that I, when I turned back into painting, I did make a conscious decision that I wanted them to be beautiful. I mean, I can't say that they're beautiful to everybody, but I wanted to experience them as beautiful and I'm, mm. I wanted them to be uplifting. I did want to feel like there was an uplift in them. Yeah. Um, I did, I, those were conscious decisions for me. Yeah. Artist, like what am I putting out into the world? I can't say that all of them are like that because you know, there's dark stuff that comes out too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for the most part, I think that's where I try and move to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that in them. And I think the darker components that come through are important too. Like with all this being said, like, I think we need to be able to acknowledge the shadow side of not only our own self, but the collective consciousness as well, because Mm -hmm. if it's all light and rainbows, and we negate the shadow, and we don't integrate that into our life, it becomes imbalanced. Um, and I think that's something that we're seeing right now as, as a real imbalance. Um, and so your your conviction to make work that is beautiful, um, that is uplifting, like that is such a powerful conviction to have, because I would say for certain periods in art, I think it comes and goes, like beauty was not the point or important for certain stages in the history of art, especially in modern, postmodern art into contemporary art. But I see that coming back. I see more artists standing in this place of willing to make something of beauty and light, of upliftedness. Um, And to me, that gives me a lot of hope because I feel like it's speaking toward like a balancing in the psyche of, of, of the collective in some way, because I feel like things have been seemingly very dark um and uh and i look at younger generations i teach high schoolers and so like i can see like even through covid through the political landscape like i can see the sense of angst and the sense of uncertainty that's welling in them in a way that's more maybe palpable than it might have been when i was coming up as a teenager or maybe when you were um or maybe not i don't know it's but it's like it feels like there is this feeling in them that they need to they need to find another level of their consciousness. I feel like they're more open to bigger ideas than ever. They're more existentially curious than they were before COVID, especially when I think about my students before and the ones I have now, they're more curious about bigger questions of meaning in life. Um, and so as an art teacher, like I love it when my students come to me with this kind of feeling and inquiry because I feel like my role is to not give them answers, but to point them in directions of other artists who are thinking about this and making work. And they can see this sort of new paradigm and art making that is about trying to uncover the beauty, trying to uncover the, the, the universality of the human experience again, and the sense of connection um, and upliftedness. And so I would, I would point them to artists like yourself, because I think that's what a lot of the younger generations are going to need is a sense of hope. In a sense that there is a path forward, even as seemingly uh, dark and difficult as these waters that we're trudging through uh, feel. Um, and I think to me, that's kind of an important role that we can play as communicators, as artists, is a role of like guiding um, yeah. and hope and instilling hope and beauty again, and bring people back to that. Um, yeah. Do you ever teach or have you ever taught? Has that been a part of your path as an artist? No, not much. I mean, I have taught a, a little bit, but not mm-hmm. much. 
I yeah. didn't feel ready to teach. Now I feel like I could teach, but now I don't want to teach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. But, um, you know, it's just making me think like of the angst in my own work. Like when I, I was like in the eighties, you know, when neo-expressionism was so huge and mm-hmm. the grad school and that was, you wanted your work to be really angsty. And I, I, I did create last time my work was focused, you know, mm-hmm. and then, um, so it's kind of just interesting to think about the times. I mean, I think we are in a very angsty time and a, a very um, dualistic time and a challenging time in a different way than yeah. ever experienced. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's just hard times. I I really, I, I, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, hard to keep keep the light going you know yeah yeah Yeah, but i feel like that's what we have to do like more than ever in a way like we have to keep that going and we have to be able to nurture those seeds of of connection and awakening in people in some way awakening to our interdependent nature awakening to the fact that like we are one big family on this planet and that the way we treat each other on the political sphere um, the way that we treat each other in the daily life, like this stuff matters ultimately. And um, it makes it hard because a lot of the people who are in positions of influence and power are acting like children. Right. Um, <laughs> and there's not, we're, we're missing the wisdom, you know, we're missing a sense of, of, of what direction are we actually going in? Yeah. Um, and so I think making art in this time is, to some people, it might look like a futile effort or like it's not doing anything. But I think on some subtle way, on some subtle level, it's impacting people's consciousness and it's helping them grow their awareness of, of themselves and relationship to the rest of the world. And to me, that's kind of how this thing needs to go. It's like little by little, one seed at a time, one painting at a time, one line at a time, one color at a time. And that's what builds to create the whole picture that we're all trying to collectively make together. And so I definitely look at you as an ally in this, even whether you're, you know, conscious of that role or not, like I can just tell by the energy you're putting out in the world that this is something that you're doing too. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hope you're right. You know? <laughs> I, hope I hope I'm right, right. too. <laughs> I, I, I love. Yeah, I feel like it's a really beautiful idealism, you know. Yeah. That uh, from your from your voice to everybody, let that be heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, you know, that would be. And I, I hope I. Uh, I don't know. I know it's a mystery, but that's what also makes life really interesting to live. If we knew where things were going, we knew what the yeah. end was going to be. Um, what would be the point of all this, you know, like we're creating this story together. It's a collective storytelling and uh, we each have a part to play in it. And uh, being an artist in these times, I feel like is, uh, is a beautiful role to play. I'm grateful every day that I, I get to spend my time and energy, not only making art and teaching it, but also connecting with people like yourself. Yeah. Um, because I think that that's that's really how this this hall works out is through collaboration and connection yeah. and a community, a sense of community. Well, this is a, a way you're using technology to create a com- community. So that's right. All right. 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 Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a tool. Right. Ultimately, yeah. these things are all tools that we can use. Um, and every tool has its benefit and every tool has its detriment. Um, and hopefully we can be more skillful yielders of, of these tools as we as we grow and move forward. Yeah. I'm I'm curious as you continue to grow in your art practice, like what's what do you feel is coming up on the horizon for you? Is there a, a new body of work that you're working on right now, or like what's uh, what's going on in the studio for you these days? Interesting that you asked. Um, <laughs> um, there is actually some new stuff budding that combines. Elements, several elements. They do feel a little, a little, a little more unsettled in some ways. Hmm. Very challenging in terms of color. Um, I started using because I 
in mixing, I end up having a lot of extra paint. So I'm just trying to be uh, ecological within my studio and mm -hmm. use um, already mixed colors, which aren't pure colors as, and create and creating from kind of like the, the leftovers from other Oh, cool. And so it's creating some color challenges. I don't know how, how I'm going to do this, but, but uh, yeah, we'll see. There's, there's kind of some new elements. Stay tuned. Check awesome. Your, keep checking the Instagram. <laughs> yes. Everybody out there, you need to follow Audrey's work um, in the show notes. I'll have um, a links to her website, her Instagram and information about the work that she does. But everybody who's listening out there, you got to give her a follow and just see the amazing things coming out of um, Audrey's studio. It's talk about uplifting, powerful, beautiful work for the spirit. I feel it. Um, and I'm just grateful for you and the, and spending time with me today to talk about all these ideas of painting. And then we got into some other bigger ideas too. Um, but ultimately I think we're grounded in the same, on the same mission and, and really wanting to contribute in the same way to the world that we live in. And we want to bring yeah. hope and light and love, but we also want to bring a sense of groundedness to, um, to what we're doing. And I, and I definitely see you doing that. And so thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Mark. Uh, joining me on the podcast. So wonderful. And look forward to continuing to connect uh, moving into the future. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank awesome. You. Take care. You too. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment, uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're, you're tuning in on, and uh, get, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.